It's the Writers Roundtable, and we are fresh off the NFL draft. Matt, what are we going to talk about tonight? Well, first of all, well, you know, welcome back. Uh, first, you know, first pod back together after Kansas City. Glad to see you. Made yeah, it through, made it through the weekend in one piece. Survived, survived all those picks, all those Dan Campbell, man. Come yeah, on. There was a whirlwind of chaos the draft weekend. So we're going to talk all about the post-draft fantasy fallout. What do these landing spots mean? What does Lamar Jackson's contract mean? That happened on Thursday as well. Um, and just a refresh reminder, no one cares about Aaron Rodgers. All right, let's start the show. We got Jason Allwine and Ed DeLauder. No one cares about Aaron Rodgers. Here we go, guys. Here we go. Hello, everybody. And if I hey, let's see, there we go. I got it right this time. It's the out. It's the overlay. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for coming on the program this evening. Can't can't thank you enough. Glad to be here. I also don't care about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, absolutely hate Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, the 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 future. What nine and eight New York Jets with all of his rusty receivers he's bringing with them. What what's the logic behind that? Like what you go? Aaron Rodgers is how long is he going to play? Like another year, or then you're just going to fall him to New York, and then there you're going to be anyway. You're, I don't want to. Whatever. Well, it's like why, uh, why? It's like why work to establish relationships with a new business, right? When you could just bring your old friends along, just get to putz around be the same quarterback you've been forever with the same receivers when when 12 people like you you kind of got to keep that same yeah see that makes more sense that makes more sense that's why that's why you're the co-host all right so the nfl draft just happened right so there's a lot we can dive into but i'm just going to start with this ed what was the most shocking part for you of the nfl draft well, perhaps maybe not the most shocking, um, but to me, um, as somebody who did a lot of mocks prior to the draft and uh, a couple, you know, actual rookie drafts, you know, in, in actual leagues prior to the draft, Sam LaPorter going tight end two in the second round above Mayer, uh, above Musgrave uh, was a huge shock. I mean, this is a guy you usually got in the fourth round of rookie drafts, um, you know, even, you know, in tight end premium leagues. Um and the Lions taking him there. I mean, they made a lot of other interesting choices, right? Uh, particularly on day one. But I think Laporta there, particularly over Mayer um, and Musgrave, is a is a bit of a surprise. Um, particularly, I mean, if you if you, I, I guess in theorizing it out, right? If you want Laporta to maybe stretch the field, maybe Mayer can't really do that. But you can still take Musgrave, who's like you know, I think a, a lot more athletic than what Laporta is to do that. So. That was pretty shocking for me. I was also pretty shocked that uh, Gabe Davis survived the NFL draft as well. And Gabe I was pretty happy, pretty happy about that. But he did yeah. survive. No no new Hopkins on the on the Bills. Uh, I think they drafted Justin Shorter. Um, uh, you know, I don't think that's going to do anything for, for Gabe Davis stock. So buy Gabe Davis and redraft all day, every day. And uh, good things will happen. What would you think, Jason? What was your biggest shock? We were in the NFL – media room together you and i yeah what was your yeah biggest... and it was, you can maybe attest yeah. to this it, it kind of moved a, a little fast it was so it, it was all yeah. a blur so i mean really the big shock was just that whole experience in general what a time to share that with you that was great but i'll take the easy answer here and that's of course just jameer gibbs going so early 
I think we had started to hear some rumblings that he was going to go in the first round, but I just don't think anyone could have predicted as early as he did. Just a big shocker to me. We'll, we'll see if it works. I'm not really thinking it'll work in the terms of, you know, a first round pick running back in the NFL draft work, but I think you'll probably be fine. Yeah. They must really not like DeAndre Swift. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. like what, I mean, cause you pay you, I wrote this in the show and I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but they paid a heck of a lot because they don't like DeAndre Swift because I don't know how, how much better Gibbs is, you know, <laughs> probably not. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I can't even really – I've been thinking of it in my head. I can't really think of any mental gymnastics that that make the move make sense. But they wanted their guy – the reports are that they were comfortable taking him at six, which is – which just doesn't make sense because <laughs> you would have taken Bijan if you like really wanted a running back there, right? Yeah, right? Like <laughs> – I think I think that might be smoke to kind of appease the general managers they traded back with. Like, oh yeah, 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 we would have taken him at six for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, but but nevertheless, a, a wild move. Uh, what surprised me the most is I kind of written off Chris Ballard as a fake sharp, but but he's hashtag back. He had an incredible draft, the best draft some would say. He bet on athleticism. He let the draft come to him. He let teams in front of him make mistakes. These are the things that that make for a really good draft. And when you when you take these bets, you 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 generally succeed. You generally hit on them. So the Colts had a great draft, especially taking Anthony Richardson. That's going to be incredibly exciting with this offense to see what they set up. And CJ Stroud, we talked about. You know, Jason had an incredible question, which uh, we found out that CJ Stroud would would cut off his leg to be with Jackson Smith and Jigba again. But then. We all know that wasn't really feasible. He went to the he allegedly went to the Texans and asked for Nathaniel Dell to be on his team. And then the Houston Texans, uh, you know, Nathaniel Dell went to went to Houston. So staying home, going to Houston. That's a really interesting pairing. Really interesting that CJ Stroud, that's like a pseudo locker room narrative. Like I wish I would have had this guy on my college team type of vibes. And uh, and then finally, what in the world are the Broncos doing at receiver? They draft Jerry Judy's replacement. And then they sign twelve more million dollars away to Jerry Judy on his fifth year option. What what's that about? Yeah, I, I we'll talk we'll talk more about the Broncos receiving room. I I don't know, man. Does it doesn't Sean Payton kind of give you John Gruden vibes? I don't know. Like that's kind of the first thing I thought of. It's like it, it, what's an old school coach coming in? You know, is taking it some time off to go work at Fox or whatever, and now he comes back in. and You're like, what? is going on here i don't really some of these moves don't really add up it's almost like you're a bit i don't know i hate to call sean because i think sean payton's a good washed oh i think you're trying to say washed you said it for well if they're putting him in charge of personnel then i don't know if that's the best idea i don't know if they are or not but it certainly seems like some of these decisions i mean i love marvin mims and i think long term that's probably going to be a good spot for him We'll talk more about that later. But as far as NFL draft goes, Jason was alluding to it. And I just have to say what an opportunity that was. What a fantastic experience. I'll never forget it. And, you know, I, it was just out of this world. Like it far exceeded all of my wildest expectations. And just, you know, to see these players like literally feet away from them. Jason mm-hmm. asks amazing questions. I think some of the this is like not blowing any smoke to you, bro, but some of the best questions in that room. I mean, we had somebody ask 
Anthony Richardson if he was would enjoy playing for Frank Reich. I mean, come on. Like, this is not – and uh, the kudos to Anthony Richardson too because he took it in stride and he just – he was, you know, quick on with his response and he just – he knew that Frank Reich wasn't the coach clearly. Yeah. And he just said, uh, God, I don't think you want to ask me that question. Next question, please. So <laughs> that just tremendous, tremendous experience uh, in, in Kansas City. They did a Kansas City did a great job with the draft. But as far as there's so much to take away, there's so much to digest yep. from it. And I think the biggest reaction that our guys got on the live stream, like the pod father and Alex Dunlap and Cody was the trade up that the Texans made. That was a big shocker moving up to three to take a defensive lineman. And we were talking before the show, how some people were trying to galaxy brain this decision to say, well, you know, like really, if you think about it, man, like they really trade up for a quarterback. So if you think of it, like, no, they could have stayed at two, taken the quarterback, and then gotten a pass rusher later on in the draft. All right? Mm-hmm. I know they would have missed out on Will Anderson, but as the podfather pointed out very astutely in the live stream, they could have gotten a, you know, 90, 80%, 90% of the same pass rusher that Will Anderson is. And Will Anderson's a fantastic player. Don't get me wrong. Will Anderson's, you know, deserved to be a top five pick in this draft. But to pay what they paid to go get Will Anderson when they could have got somebody just, I mean, pretty much the same at 12, like 80, 90% of the player, huge mistake. And then you're likely that, I mean, that pick is likely going to be a good pick next year. So that was, that was questionable. I think Ryan Poles did a solid job. My bears make this a bear show 10 minutes in. I was, I was pleased with Ryan Poles. And I think the Colts selecting Anthony Richardson at pick number four, I've said it on this show before. I would have taken him at number one overall. And Marcus Mosier said that today on Mind of Mansion. He said he was his number one quarterback. Matt Waldman, same thing. So I'm not alone here. So some smart people, you know, not just my dumb behind on this show saying that Anthony Richardson's the number one quarterback. Should have been taken number one overall. The Colts finally, I think, have a solution at quarterback finally. So those were some of my takeaways on what was a fantastic NFL draft experience. I mean, I can't say enough good things about it. It was it was a fantastic NFL draft, but were the results for some of these players from a fantasy perspective as as good as we think we are? We we've all been there before, where where you hype up a movie or an album for so long, and then when it ha- when it happens, it's just not what you think it was. And we had some questionable landing spots. So Jason. Yeah. Now that the landing spots and draft capital are finalized, are we liking this class more or less as dynasty assets than we did a week ago? I, I mean, I think you've just got to go with less. And I think this is probably the cycle every year. We all get in love with athletes, with prospects, with what could be. And then the draft happens and we realize what is. And it's never, ever what we want it to be, ever. Short, simple, and depressing. Players. I love it. Hey, I mean, I mean, like, the, like, like Anthony Richardson to the Colts did not expect that. I'm glad that that's the landing spot he got. That's probably the best one he could get. Like, that's amazing. But for everyone else, it's just, it's just meh. Or, well, maybe Bijan's a good spot, but still, the point holds. <laughs> yeah, Bijan having an Uber landing spot was, I think, already priced into his his dynasty right. value. Right. So, uh, but I mean, otherwise, uh, I, you know, Bijan aside, and you know, a couple others aside in the running back i mean the rest of this running back class is just poop now i it's just poop i, I don't want any of it um they're Edward. all handcuffs 
And they're all handcuffs. Language. There are children watching this show. They are poop, Matthew. Okay. Um, and uh, it's sad to say because I love a lot of these guys. I mean, there's you know ten of them. I think had a, a speed score above 100, which is usually the threshold I look at. Um, and unfortunately, most of them are just handcuffs at this point, and um, it's sad. It's so sad. What? What? What are you talking about? Roshan Johnson's a bear, baby. <laughs> he is. He is. Roshan Johnson's a bear. He He's is. gonna be. That's the that that was the saving grace on day three. The savior, the save, the Lord and Savior of the whole himself, draft. Roshan Johnson descends down upon the heavens as the day three savior of the class to the Chicago Bears. Come on, He's, that's that's it. That's the ticket. Right? I'm surprised you're not selling me on Tank Big with me. Surprised. Tank, oh, Tank. Yeah, I was arguing. <laughs> I don't know if you guys do this or not. I was arguing with people on Twitter. Do you guys spend time doing that? Yeah, I did it right after the draft. Absolute time suck. During the draft. Yeah. <laughs> Never do it. I, I don't know how to do it right, apparently, because apparently I set the world on fire by saying that Roshan Johnson, and I thought this was, I was kind of tame like with this. I thought this was pretty generally accepted like a universal truth at this point that, uh, you know, Rashawn Johnson, I said, would have a 50% snap share by week six. And that just... That's just scorching, like, man. That's just... What about Khalil Herbert? Well, what about him? What about Khalil Herbert? What about Khalil Herbert? <laughs> like, what about him? What about him? He's not good in pass protection. He doesn't catch passes. Like, what about him? He was drafted in the sixth round. I mean, he's. I don't get me wrong. I like Khalil Herbert, but Rashawn Johnson is a fourth round pick, early fourth round pick, yep. and is this year's Damian Pierce, Josh Jacobs. I mean, his best pick comparable player on PlayerProfiler.com is Josh Jacobs, and I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good, and for a Bears team that I don't know was like the leading rushing team in the NFL, thanks to Justin Fields, but was pretty good at running the football last year with David Montgomery. I, I mean, that's the one I think that I can point to. I, but I, I don't think I'm as down as you guys are. I like the Kendra Miller landing spot. I know how we feel about Devon A-Chain. But in Miami, I mean, come on. He's got to go up the rankings. Yep. Um, and B, I don't know. Bijan Robinson got a good, pretty good landing spot uh, with Atlanta, another team that just likes to run the ball. And Jameer Gibbs. I mean, Jameer Gibbs. Then they traded Swift. I mean, regardless yeah. of his stupid decision, but yeah. there's some there's some good like there's I just listed like five or six running backs with good landing spots and decent draft capital. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty five. good, right? It's five running backs. Five running backs. Well, I'm not. I play in twelve team I play in twelve team leagues, not five team leagues. Okay. <laughs> the distinction is is more or less than we did a week ago. Okay, so like let's let's go back by back. Bijan is the same because we we knew what this was going to be when we went into it. Gibbs is obviously we obviously like Gibbs more. He got unreal draft capital and a good landing spot. I feel like we like A Shane the same because he was going to land in this situation no matter what. He got a little bit higher draft capital than I think some would have predicted, but third third round is is where we kind of thought he was going to go. Um, Kendra Miller got high draft capital, but are we really thinking he's going to be commanding a backfield for, for three plus years? Because I, I, I some people no. think he's that dude and I think he could, but I, I don't know. I, overall, I think as an RB class, I'm, I'm a little, you know what? I've flipped in real time. 
because running backs, I like the receiver landing spots. So like, cause that's been my take the whole time and that's on the show sheet. But I, I think Seth talked me into liking some of the running back landing spots a little bit more, just some of the, like the Kendra Millers and, but when we when we look at the receiver landing spots, this is when I think some I think some of these receivers gain some value. So we talk about we talk about uh, uh, Njigba went to Seattle. Tyler Lockett's on his way out, so it may not be the best year one that you want, but his value is going to be there. Jordan Addison in Minnesota, he's going to be he's going to be off to the races running from moment one. The, the best landing spot for receivers in this draft. Zay Flowers in Baltimore could be a really good landing spot, and it could be a really bad landing spot. So that's it just depends on how they want to set up that offense and how real of a threat to targets uh, receivers like Odo Beckham are. Uh, Quentin Johnston once Mike Johnson leave or Mike Johnson, Mike Williams leaves at the end of this season. Uh, Jonathan Mingo in Carolina and Jaden Reed in Green Bay. There's a lot a lot of value there in these receiver landing spots. I think in 2020, we saw a receiver class where there's a lot of hype and not a lot of good landing spots. We had a lot of hype, a lot on these receivers and the draft kind of delivered for all of them. So um, a wishy-washy answer, but I'm kind of in the middle. I love the receivers and, and the running backs. I'm, I'm, I was fading to start and I'm going to continue to pretty much fade besides Bijan, Roshan and, um, and Gibbs. Do we want to even touch this question? I mean, this could open up a Pandora's box of so. Our, our, so the question is from Vatican. Thank you for watching, Vatican. Uh, if that's how Vatican, the like the, the, the Vatican, the Pope is watching us. Pope, he looks like a Pope. This is a player profiler first. So it's he says, Tom Brady. He says, are we are we a hundred percent sure? And I'm sure we'll talk about Zach. Somehow we've dodged the Zach Charbonnet bullet. I'm ready to this point. I'm ready. Are we 100% sure they didn't take Charbonnet to be the 1A by the end of the season and Walker the 1B? People say Walker analytically wasn't the best. Charbonnet, bigger back and better pass catcher. Is he crazy? What do you guys What do you guys think? No, I mean, he's not crazy. It's within the range of outcomes, I think. Um, is it highly unlikely? No, I mean, no, I, I guess not. But, I mean, Walker was just such a stud last year in the NFL. And um, it's so hard to fade that. And I, you know, I, I think when that pick was made, that was another huge shock, right? Was was Charbonnet's landing spot there? Um, it, it's not an outlandish take, um, but I'd be I'd be hard pressed to to believe it that that Charbonnet uh, overtakes Walker in that backfield. Just how nasty of a runner Walker is, you know? Yeah, I'm right. I'm right there with you. I. I mean, Charbonnet's profile never really, I mean, it was good profile, good production, nothing like Ken Walker. I mean, Ken Walker's college dominator rating was off the charts at Michigan State. So Harry Snowman, we got Harry Snowman in the chat. You said it here, Roshan Johnson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're going to get what? I'm confused on whether Roshan is the next Damian Pierce is supposed to be a good thing or a bad thing. Because it was followed, it sounded like a bad thing. Because I don't. Whoa, 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 whoa! Damian Pierce survived. You Damian like Roshan Johnson? Why are we? Why are we wishing Damian Pierce on him? He's, <laughs> he's good not going to survive another year. How do you know? He might be good. If I is, think it's more likely if the Texans make any good. strides whatsoever. The, if the Texans make any strides whatsoever, they have drafted a runner. It's the draft capital. You just can't, you cannot get away from it. I think it's more likely that Devin Singletary is the one A in the Texans backfield compared to 
Charbonnet being the one A in the Seahawks backfield. Fucking quote it. I Just want saying. that on. I want that on Twitter immediately. <laughs> no, we don't need to put. No, 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 no. No, no, Devin Singletary. That's Is that what I heard? It's more likely. I think it's more likely. Yeah, absolutely. Devin Singletary. Slow Devin Singletary and small. Is... Okay. He's slow and small. Is what he is. We likes. Uh, that's it's like me. I'm I'm slow, but I make up by, for it by being small. Is what that like? That's my athletic profile. All right. Next next question before we just completely go off the rails. Well, we're we're already there. Um. So based on the landing spots, and we've kind of talked about this already. Which player? Uh. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Wait, did I did I mess this up? Did I mess this up? I, I meant to say, okay, the question as it stands, which player is going to be on all of your dynasty teams and which player are you going to be passing on at the current, at the current value? So which player is going to be on all of your dynasty teams? Which player is going to be on like none of your dynasty teams? Ed, what you got? Devin Singletary or Gabe Davis? Or who's, who's your Gabe Davis? Who's your Gabe Davis of this year's draft class? And who's your, and who's your Damian Pierce? Because you hate Damian Pierce. Michael Wilson is is my Gabe Davis of this draft class. Um, he got solid nice. draft capital That's in the third round. Pick. That's a good uh, pick. Um, yeah. You know, I, and he's still like, I, you know, like I obviously the 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 rookie draft ADP hasn't really consolidated at this point because we're we're still like uh, you know less than a week you know from the draft, right? Um, and I still I still see him going in the fourth round of rookie drafts, and I feel like that's way too low considering that situation there i mean granted it's going to be terrible this year with kyler on the mend um but you know even if like you know kyler returns and he's not there next year because they you know draft caleb williams in the first round right uh he's still going to be in a really good situation during that uh the four years of his rookie contract so i'm definitely smashing uh michael wilson and with somebody who i'm like avoiding just based on where his adp is going is probably dalton kincaid um, you know, spending a first round rookie pick on a tight end, um, man, I'd rather just trade that pick for like an established tight end at that point, you know, um, I, you know, and, and I'm not saying that like that value is unwarranted. Um, and I think it probably speaks volumes to how just, you know, poop this draft class is right. Um, <laughs> but you know, that's probably one player I am pretty hesitant to spend like the, you know, the Superflex 109 on, right? I've seen that. Like that's that's absurd. Um, and I'd probably just been flipping that pick for an established tight end as opposed to taking a gamble that some 23-year-old rookie uh, who I don't have an athletic profile for is going to just ball out and be, you know, the next Travis Kelsey because that's probably very unlikely. What do you think, Jason? Yeah, I think um might have gone a bit too deep on this, but we'll t- we'll take it. Um in some in some deeper super flex leagues, I'm definitely taking a chance on my guy Stetson Bennett, the yeah, mailman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like the landing spot. Uh I I'll draft a backup quarterback on the Rams with the chance to learn under Matthew Stafford, learn with Sean McVay. It's going to take some time, but I mean, Stetson Bennett had all the time in the world at UGA, so why not all the time in the world at the NFL? Um, but probably a more realistic pick is Devon A. Chain. I love the landing spot, and that can't be understated. Uh, we just saw Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson basically finish the entire year 
they have had their health concerns. Devon Achain has his concerns, but Mike McDaniel will scheme up great stuff for him and when healthy, I see him splashing in a big way. So I'm going to bet on that profile. Guy I'm passing on, I'll list, I'll list two Bryce Young in Superflex Leagues and Zay Flowers. Not touching. Ooh. Ooh. Right. I like That's that. That's spicy. That's I spicy. I like that, actually. So you is have that, that. Go is for that it. A, is that an anti-Ravens like Ravens take? Like, you just don't think? Like, because obviously we got, you know, Rashad Bateman, OBJ, Mark Andrews. I mean, without with avoiding a cliche. I mean, that's that's like, you know, a lot of bricks in the in the brick bag yeah. like that's that's just a lot of brick that's that's a lot that you don't have too many you've got too many bricks stop talking about bricks a, and not <laughs> enough building you know, makes like, sense. yeah it yeah, makes sense if if mike lombardi can say some of the stuff he says i can say some of the stuff i can say all right if that guy gets away with it why can't i all right so so is it like an anti-ravens take or what's like uh yeah, what, i mean that and i mean i think that we can probably all attest to this rookie draft picks are valuable and wide receivers are usually not i took the 108 in one of my leagues for example and this was before the draft but i got george pickens and kj osborne of course kj osborne was hurt but i think that that's a move i like pickens a lot i think there's some second year wide receivers just in general that you can kind of take your mid to end of first round draft picks and take a chance on one of those guys instead and maybe get someone tossed in on top so um, that's kind of where I just I'm at in terms of a value and also situation type of decision. All right. For sure. Respect. I, I get it. I don't know if I necessarily agree, but I, I can't sit here and say that I can't see in the range of outcomes where he goes into that muddled situation and then just equal to Rashad Bateman just never really seems to come out of it as as a significant producer. So I, I, I think his his profiles, the type of profile that you want to bet on and mm-hmm. You know what what side you are on that gamble is obviously what what wins and loses leagues in these situations uh so i'm going to be taking the bet on flowers personally but i'm also going to be taking a lot of shots on jordan addison as long as his price is still where it is uh currently uh i mean he's got to be your wide receiver too and it's not really that close in terms of year one production, I think he's going to outscore Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think Jordan Addison's going to be the wide receiver one in this rookie class, uh, his rookie year, just because of of where he lands and and then you know the team profile of Minnesota and how how much they're trying to throw the ball still. So uh, I'm all in on Addison right now. I'm definitely not in on Zachary Charbonnet in any situation. LOL. Rest in peace. Uh, it was it was Jack Cavanaugh who mocked me on Mock Draft Live because I selected Roshan Johnson ahead of Zachary Charbonnet because he's a better prospect and I don't care about the, the landing spot changed nothing except now the masses have converged to me and Cody <laughs> you know a lot of a lot of Cody with that but but we we emerged victorious with with our Roshan Johnson take so I'm out on Zachary Charbonnet I personally do not like thank you J- Jason just put in the, in our private chat there's a reason he transferred out of Michigan I was literally just getting ready to say I personally do not like running backs who get chased out of bad running back rooms um you guys remember Tr- Trey Sermon was that his name yeah he, oh yeah he, uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot he about him. Out of town. Granted, he got kicked out of town by Ramondre Stevenson, but still not a great look. 
And it's even worse for Charbonnet because he got he got beat out by Hassan Haskins. And there's not it's not like Michigan had this lucrative running back program where they're churning out these these second these highly touted picks. No, there's no one there. And Charbonnet couldn't compete. And then I we see graphics. Uh, there's a PFF graphic I saw a while back on on running back uh, offensive line blocking and UCLA. Zachary Charbonnet, it's all their their running backs plotted out by season, and you see this massive increase in offensive line blocking, uh, offensive line quality when Zachary Charbonnet transfers to UCLA. So how much of this was just simply added opportunity and in a solid run blocking scheme? So uh, I don't really think he's that guy. And, uh, you know, if, if if the film grinders beat me on this one, then so be it. But I've been out from the beginning, and I'm going to remain to be completely out on the DeMarco Murray best comparable. Jaden well, Reed truther as well. Oh, Jaden Reed. I some mad. Why, why Packers? They avoided the JSN, but then they had to go with Jaden Reed, um, which is one of my favorite pros, like what player profiler favorite for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm becoming more of a film grinder, Matt Babbage, so I'm – I'm trying to get on that team. There, it's hard to get on. I don't know how many people you have to like kill to get on that, that film grinders team, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm willing be, to become a, a murderer to get on the team, but we'll see. Um, so I'm trying to get on the team, and Roshan Johnson, to me, on tape, looked better than Zach Charbonnet. But that's just my, you know, that's just my humble opinion. We have Disco Stew in the chat. Have you see, He doesn't agree with me, and... He did. He did correct his spelling mistake of hurdling, which I don't know what hurdling is. But then he said hurdling. So um, I don't know. Is hurdling a skill that running backs need to have to be successful in the NFL? No. Yeah. Name name one name one all star running back that hasn't hurdled somebody. Go. <laughs> I don't know. Zach Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet. Wait, what? He's not a star. <laughs> I don't think I, I, I fell for that. Yeah. <laughs> Does Derek Henry hurdle? He's yeah, well, he's, he just he runs away. Somebody, he would just like he, step he, over. <laughs> yeah, he just he stiff arms people. He's like, yeah, I don't need a jump. Just get out of here. Marshawn Lynch um, in that that epic run against was it the Saints? Did he oh, hurdle the anybody? Beast, the Beast Quake. I don't think beast so. Quake. I don't think so. No. no, I don't think he did. No. Uh, we got Cody Carpentier in the chat. Walter Payton, Walter Payton maybe hurdled people. Sweetness, I guess. Sweetness totally did. Yeah. Totally yeah, did. Yeah, he, yeah, he was, he was like looking back on him. He, he was kind of an undersized player, if I remember right. But I could be, I could be wrong. Barry too. But yeah, Barry. Yep, Barry Sanders. Um, so some of my just real quick, and then I'm gonna run a an ad here in a bit. Um, I'm going to be a Xavier Hutchinson guy. I'm going to ride or die with Xavier Hutchinson. I don't care. He got drafted sixth round to the Texans. It's kind of a sneaky good landing spot, really. There's hard. I mean, he could rise up the ranks in that wide receiver room uh, for sure. But, you know, I like Roshan. Roshan Johnson's going to be on, on a lot of my teams. Marvin Mims, I, I sneaky like that situation in Denver because I don't know if they like a lot of their receivers. I mean, they were, there were trade talks leading up to the NFL draft with Sutton with Judy, and then they go and sign Judy, maybe just so they can trade him later on. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know if they know what's going on. Um, so those are a few Jaden Reed. I like, but you guys covered it, covered a lot of it. So we are going to run a quick ad here, but you, you stay right where you are because we're going to play 
buy, hold, or sell, which is a tame version version of Mary. Uh, what's the Mary? Uh, what what am I thinking of? Like, uh, it's it kind of Mary Hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Without getting us demonetized, we might have already right, been without. demonetized by Matt Babbage, but it's okay. Um, it's you, you said anyway. It doesn't matter. I'm in the YouTube meetings now. We we talk about these things. So at least nobody <laughs> information least, you should relate to me. Like, hey Matt, like you should probably like think about not getting the show demonetized. And I'd be like, this well, is, we're not sure. Words like poop, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that might that might get us demonetized for the other reason, like. It's like they probably would have preferred to use the other word. Like it's kind of like Ross and Friends what? when he's dri- when he's driving too slow. You know, it drives the audience away. I don't know. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I'm gonna run an ad here uh, real quick. So, but stick with us because we have more dynasty discussion coming up. We're gonna talk more about these rookies. We're gonna get some bold predictions from these guys in the future. I don't even know what they're gonna talk about. But real quick, we have a message from the Podfather. If I can find it, here we go. Oh, I'm wearing Cody's hat in honor of Cody Carpentier. He has finished the rookie guide. It is a masterpiece. The best rookie guide you will read that combines both real NFL draft analysis and fantasy analysis. This guy goes deep. I mean, do you know who Tyon Evans is? This man wrote up and ranked 40 running backs, 40 wide receivers, 15 quarterbacks, and 23 tight ends. 23 tight ends? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. We've got fantasy rookie draft cheat sheets for super flex and single quarterback to go along with these write-ups that include analytics player comps and play style player comps. All the stats you need, the analysis you need to understand what kind of impact these guys are going to have in the NFL and for your fantasy team. So go to playerprofiler.com, go to any player page, go to the NFL draft section and click the button to get the rookie guide. It's just 10 bucks. That's it. That's all. It's not the most expensive, but it is the best. All right, we are back on the roundtable, and go ahead and go get that rookie guide. Cody, other people at Player Profiler wrote up some of those uh, profiles. It's an amazing, still actionable thing that you need in your life right now, and it's just $10, so go to playerprofiler.com and get the rookie guide. All right. Is it my question or is it your question, Matt Babbage? Because I can't remember. It is my question. I actually forgot for a second as well. So we're playing buy, sell, or hold. The rules of the game are fairly self-explanatory, I would hope. Jason, we will start with you. Devon, Shane, are we buying, selling, or holding? Yeah, uh, I guess I alluded to it earlier, but I'm buying right now. And I think Seth has a similar answer to me, so if I'm allowed to, I might just pass it to him, see what he has to say. Oh, you oh, you want me to answer? Okay. Uh, I mean, well, here's... See, I don't want to say what you're going to say, which is All right. what I well, going to say. I'm, I'm going to let I'm going to let Ed go uh, because I I I'm I have a complicated answer that might require some math or some <laughs> or some stupid quotes. I don't know, but Ed, what do you think? So I mean I, I think he changed the cell right now. Um, you know he's uh, my vo- my voice just cracked too, right? Didn't it? Yeah, it did. That's yeah, all right. Yeah, it's, yeah, all, it's okay. Whatever. That demonetizes us right there. Um, no, um, yeah. I, I think he's a sell um, for sure. I mean he's he's going in the you know back into the first round of single QB leagues. I've I've seen him sneak up into the first round 
of some super flex leagues, you know, tight end premium, you know, you choose in between a tight end there and a chain. Uh, some people go a chain. Um, I, you know, 188 pounds. I just can't get past that in my head. I really can't. Um, and then how many touches is he actually going to get on the dolphins? Right. Um, I mean, are we talking 10 a game? So you're, you're really like just banking on him hitting a home run. Like, is that going to happen? You know, five games out of the year. Are you going to start him those five games during the year? I'm going to, I'm going to trade that pick um, if a chain is, is there and, or, or, you know, it's in that range of picks, right. And hope somebody takes a chain with the pick. I just traded so I can pick somebody else. Well, here's the deal. Here's what you got to do. All right. Buckle, buckle up your ears for this one. You got to buy them right now. And then once the season gets closer and all this Miami hype starts Mm -hmm. building, like, Oh my God, can you imagine Mike McDaniel, Devon A-Chain in that system. Oh, my God. So take him right now where he's being drafted because right now he's actually being devalued, if you can believe that, because people like us are telling you Devon A-Chain's no good. And Devon A-Chain, you're right, is no good. You're right. But trust me on this one. Draft him now. Trade him later. And then when he gets hurt, inevitably, because he's going to, because all the – all the Miami running backs get hurt. Like all the, you remember all those uh, San Francisco running backs that get hurt, like the Elijah Mitchells of the world. Yeah, like the even Christian McCaffrey was banged up towards the end of the season because they get used and used and used because they love to run the ball. Then when he gets hurt and maybe he's you know out for an extended period of time, then you buy him again. Like then you buy low. So then so the answer is you buy you buy right now, sell before the season, and then when he gets hurt, buy him again i could get behind that seth i could i could get behind that especially you know that like preseason's gonna happen he's gonna hit this huge run and it's gonna be like a mirror yeah all over yeah 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 amir abdullah is perfect i get it i get it it's gonna be a cut he's gonna catch a pass in the flat he's gonna make somebody miss he's gonna be off to the races and then you're gonna be then you're gonna be able to sell him for like a 2024 first or something stupid like that seth gets the right answer sound effect i think I wish we had it. We, where's Maddie? We need a sound good board? answer. Good answer. Where, where's, where's Maddie? Where's my good applause? Answer. Where's my applause? I was right. I've been right on Roshan Johnson. Well, everybody was right on Roshan Johnson, but Matt, Matt Babbage. I don't really have much to add. I, I had I, what you said, really. I mean, we, we, we ended up kind of being in agreement here. Um, it's going i don't think you have to draft him necessarily to buy him before the off season because i think there's going to be a lot of talk as mini camp starts on you know he's not the guy yet and the the first depth chart's going to be released and he's probably going to be the third string behind wilson and mostert and that's going to cause a panic and then preseason's going to happen and he's going to fumble or he's going to drop a pass and now all of a sudden it's going to be, oh, is this guy they spent capital on? Is he just going to be another athletic guy that gets a few touches here and there and is kind of a, a decoy or a, or, you know, one trick pony. And then when the actual season starts and he's out on the field and he has more juice and the same, if not better pass catching ability than both Moster and Jeff Wilson, he'll eventually start getting those high value touches that we're looking for. And then, you know, that right before that happens, essentially, is your perfect buy window. So I'm okay taking him where he's going in drafts. Um, but I think that you might get a slight dip before the season starts because of preseason activity. All right. Same question, Ed. Buy, sell, or hold Kendra Miller. 
I'm going to buy Kendry Miller. Um, I haven't seen him creep up into the first round of rookie drafts yet. Um, and he is, you know, right in that second round sweet spot, probably between like, you know, the 201, 206, maybe get him a little later than that. Um, and uh, he's got he's got a path to, to touches, first year touches, for sure, without some major injury happening. I think he definitely sees some touches, um, particularly with Kamara's legal situation. Um who knows what's going to happen with that or when that's going to go down. But I think something probably is going to go down. I think the saints were you know, anticipating that and that's why they took Miller here. Um, so I'm buying um, because he's still pretty affordable. What do you think, Jason? Buy, sell, or hold on Miller? Yep. Same thing. Buying, waiting to see what happens with Camara, and then, and then kind of going from there. It's not an offense I really want to be a part of at the end of the day, but if Camara is gone and you're a starting running back on an offense, 50% running back on the offense, depending on how we look at Jamal Williams, probably better than Jamal Williams in the grand scheme. So I'm buying. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I almost kind of forgot about Jonathan or Jonathan Williams. I am all over the place with names today. Jamal Williams. Are we sure then that that Kendra Miller is going to get any goal line touches? Because we know we we know well we know damn sure he's not going to catch passes. Darn sure he's not going to catch patches. Dam's good. You're good on Dan. I think you can say okay, Dan. Okay, okay, okay. We're still we're still deliberating on these things. It could have been because there might have been a tight end with a nasty last name. That could have been why we were getting demonetized, but I digress. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um anyway, we know we know Kendra Miller's not gonna catch passes. He's not gonna catch passes if he's not getting the goal line work then then what's he doing he's a he's a two carry back you know in, in the four down set so we're not we're not really getting anything getting anything valuable out of kendra miller weighted opportunities is is the the heaviest predictor of fantasy points for for running backs and the the heaviest contributors to weighted opportunities are are receptions and and goal line touches or red zone touches and if he's not going to be the go-to in the red zone or he's going to be splitting work with Jamal Williams and he's not going to be taking any of the pass catching duties, then he's overvalued right now, plain and simple. He's RB3 right now in the dynasty rankings, um, which I think is probably okay because Jamal Williams is not really going to be there past past a year probably. So long-term, I'm not out on Kendra Miller. So I wrote buy and then sell, and then as I, as I let the process kind of sink in, I, I'm flipping it, and I'm actually going to sell in the beginning, and then I'm going to buy. So I guess that means I'm a hold. That's, hmm. Is that what a hold is? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That was I think confusing. That's what a hold is. I think a that's hold a means hold. that you just don't have an opinion. <laughs> no. Well, no, I no. always have an opinion. You're not, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I think maybe the landing spot. I mean, it's a it's all right. Like it, it's not a Miami Dolphins landing spot. I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong, because long term, I think it's good for Dynasty. But I, I guess I'm buying. I'm not as enthusiastic about saying it as I am about Roshan or maybe even Devon A Chain. Even though I don't like the the profile as much. But yeah, I like Kendra Miller. I like the landing spot. I'm just not head over heels. But if you're gonna make me commit to an answer i'm gonna say bye um so yeah I, I guess i don't i don't have too much to add uh we do have some comments here real quick ed's a zagger you're a zagger ed <laughs> that's that's that how you win yeah, you're a zagger snowman you that's, know this that's right. a um, sharp guy sharp guy naji harris is the king of hurdles and the underrated running back in dynasty i i kind of agree but isn't naji 
Yeah, and now she's a, a kind of an older prospect, though, and he, he's going to be like 25, 24. It's 25. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, he's yeah. he's underrated if you need touches, but like, I mean, you're you're relying upon like a Joe Mixon outcome, right? Like that's who he is. Yeah. Are you excited about Joe Mixon? A younger Joe Mixon? I don't know. Probably not. Steelers did pick up a left tackle in the draft. Maybe one of the better left tackles in the draft, Broderick Jones. So that helps him out. Um, I'm I'm a Sky Moore guy, so I don't know about this question. It's do you guys think Tony is a league winner? Yeah. 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 All yeah. Right. I mean, if you if you do not have Tony on your roster, then you do have a good <laughs> shot at winning a league. So, yeah, I mean, he is a league winner. Championship right. rosters will not have him on. Well, they'll not be on championship rosters. So, yeah, he's a league winner. You just gotta he win will win just... you. He'll win you weeks because he'll be healthy for weeks. Point. He was he literally hopped into the end zone. I don't know if he was injured or not, but he literally (laughs) hopped into the end zone because he may or may not have rolled an ankle during a play. Like I, I, I love the the spot. I love the potential. Yeah. But man, I think I think Sky Moore as a result. I know they drafted Rashi Rice, but they lost Hardman and Juju Smith Schuster. So I I think that I'm a Sky Moore guy. That's just how how my cookie crumbles but uh we let's see mingo reed or rice i am uh, i'm reed Reed. jaden reed same we'll we'll talk more about him later uh hey and matt's been sharp as a whip tonight so good good on you matt (laughs) well thank you harry yeah harry's shouting (laughs) matt out so we do have a few more players we want to cover uh let's see where are we at where are we at matt which player are we on I'm kind of I'm kind of stuck on this comment because that what which one have I not been, have I not is this the first is this the first time <laughs> this, I think it's the first time of repressed Harry. Well, I, I you're choosing to look at it like half glass half I, empty <laughs> instead of glass half full. You need to be more of a you need more positivity. You've you've always been sharp, man. I do you want more positivity. Yeah. I, so I just got a diffuser. I just got a diffuser. Yeah. This running help. back class is good, isn't it? This running nice, back class is good. <laughs> nice. This running back class is good. Positive energy. Speaking Bijan of John Robinson. Speaking of positive energy. Uh, Jason, what do you think about Jonathan Mingo? Buy, selling, or holding? I guess I'll take the hold. I don't think that that means I don't have an opinion. I do have an opinion. It's just the opinion is that his market is not set yet. And I don't think it will be set anytime soon. What I like about Mingo is that he's the youngest wide receiver on this team. He's going to have a chance to now come in with a rookie quarterback and develop together, I guess. And he's a good enough prospect. But I honestly just don't, again, like I kind of talked about with the Saints, I don't necessarily want a Panthers wide receiver. But if all things fall his way, he does become the alpha, then, I mean, we're going to be wishing that we bought him. Um, It's just right now definitely not selling and probably not going out to pay up to get him in terms of buying. But if I have him, he's on my team. That's probably the right take. I think, uh, I mean, I put him in as, as a sell in the show sheet only because there are a couple wide receivers, one of whom we're going to talk about later that I, I think is, is okay around there. Um, uh, but, but I mean, ultimately I'm just not really impressed with a lot of these wide receivers outside of the big four. Right. And maybe, you know, uh, you know, it's just to me, it's just like you're you're just hoping, hoping, you know, you got great draft capital with Jonathan Mingo and he's a lottery ticket. And I'd rather try and 
cash that lottery ticket out for a veteran as opposed to, you know, hoping and hitting on it. That's just how I do it. He has all the potential in the world. He has, <laughs> yeah. He's got the size. He's got the he's got a good opportunity with the Panthers yeah. and Bryce Young. So I love the spot. I love the landing spot. Love the draft capital. So I'm probably buying him because I, I don't know if he's going to go as high as he should based on landing spot and draft capital that he should and and the profile. So he's a buy for me. I he, I thought he would he would be a little bit he would he probably get drafted a little bit lower than this. I thought he would go like mid to late second round. So uh, I think he you know like I said I think it's a good spot for him. Matt, what do you think? I'm buying for sure. Uh, when you look. <laughs> We talked earlier about profiles that I'm willing to take a chance on. And although Jonathan Mingo gives me big Denzel Mims vibes when I look at his profile, he's a late breakout who didn't necessarily overwhelm with his college performance, but was a solid producer and did flash talent on film and athletic monsters. Now, what may have come down to that was drive you know, dog rating, something we can't necessarily quantify unless you're Cody Carpentier. Um, so uh, I'm, but I'm willing to take a shot on Jonathan Mingo with the draft capital, with the situation he lands on. He's getting paired with a franchise quarterback in, in Bryce young. He's going into an offense where the target competition will be very friendly and he can very well be the number one target on this offense by mid season at his capital. I'm willing to be wrong. Uh, I'll, I'll take the flyer on Jonathan Mingo all day with the situation and the prospect profile. And I, I suppose, you know, maybe, maybe fool me twice and we have to reassess the, you know, the process, but I, I think we're going to, we're going to be right on this one and we're going to hit with Jonathan Mingo. All right. Few, few comments. I don't know why we're on the hurdling thing. Like why, like we don't count. We don't count hurdles. Levy on Bell. That's the new hurdle. metric that's dropping this year, isn't it, Seth? Points. Met- points. <laughs> Does anybody want to play with me in my points per pancake and points per hurdle league? Or no? Or do we not want that? Okay. All right. It's the hurt. It might be. I don't know. Uh, in which case, Najee Harris is the 101, apparently. Uh, let's see. Uh, ranks up there with never let me slip because if I slip, then I'm slipping by Dr. Dre. Let me ride. I love uh, that. I don't know what that means, but hey, more power to you, Amelia's reference to. It was because Amelia. I said, if I have him, he's on my team. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, little Magic Johnson tweeting esque esque vibes out of that. I love it. <laughs> all right, all right, and Vatican, Vatican. I I love you. I can tell that we'd get along if I met you in real life, but. You got to calm down a little bit on this Kadarius Tony because Kadarius Tony it. has never done any. He's never really done anything, has he? Has he done anything? He's, he's looked nothing. very cool. He's made some he's, very nice jukes. He's yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> he did have a good punt return in the Super Bowl. I remember that. That was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, he's man. worth it. Yeah, that was worth the third round pick. I think they gave it was. Was wasn't the best. that was for, yeah? No, I'm not joke. I'm not joking <laughs> around about that. Um. That's a true story. We have one more player. We have one more player to go through, and I think we're we might all be on, in consensus with this one. What do you think of Jaden Reed? Are you buy buying, holding, or selling Jaden Reed, Ed? Um, I I think this might be like take lock only because prior to the draft you were getting him at like you know the fourth round of rookie drafts. Um, oh, that is, 
I do remember those days. That was, those that's, were good days. That's not going to happen anymore, though, right? Um, yeah. He's he's solidly in the second round, um, and I think I, I'm probably going to sell him at that that price. I I think I'd ra- rather flip him for you know vet, particularly if it's like mid second. My team's like you know a little frisky, a little close. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll take a stab at you know Mike Evans or Hopkins or you know, some other guy that is an established guy that would give me maybe, you know, guaranteed fantasy points as opposed to Jaden Reed, who I'm, I'm hoping, right. Is uh, I'm hoping on a lot of different factors there, right. We're hoping that Jordan love is good, right. We're hoping that he's able to carve out a role with Christian Watson on the team. Right. Um, We're hoping that some of the other, you know, um, you know, the uh, tight end, the you know, Musgrave that they took, right, doesn't eat into, you know, his opportunities there. So there's a lot of, like, factors that I think go in there, and I'd rather just punt it and go with somebody who's a little, little bit more established there. And that's why I'm selling him. Jason, what do you think? Yeah. I guess I, I am I, – everything I was going to say is exactly what Ed said, but I guess I'm more in the hold category because – I would like to see if those things do happen. I am big on Christian Watson, so I don't see him, you know, outperforming Christian Watson. I still haven't decided how I feel about Jordan Love. I'm just going to have to unfortunately take the wait and see. I mean, obviously his one game last year was pretty sweet, especially for Christian Watson, but we'll just kind of have to see if, but like you said, if those factors, if Jordan Love is good, if he can carve out a role, if Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave don't become the next Aaron Gonzalez or yet, uh, Grom and Aaron Hernandez, then, um, <laughs> then, um, you know, then it, then it'll be okay. Um, but we don't know what's going to happen. So many moving pieces are happening on this offense that it's hard to want to, again, like Mingo, go out and spend up to get this player. Uh-oh. <laughs> I think I just, I, those are really good arguments and I'm sitting here and I'm not really sure if what I have prepared for Jaden Reed makes more sense than that, because, there are so many question marks and as somebody who wanted to say bye, I'm looking at the the prospect profile and, and the potential and the talent that's there. And it's undeniable as best comparable as Stefan Diggs. He has Christian Kirk, Chris Olave, T Y Hilton and Rashad Bateman to round out his top five. Uh, Cody Car- uh, Cody comps his play style as Percy Harvin light. These are all really, really promising things that get you excited, mm-hmm. but if Jordan Love isn't the guy, how long, how far away is Green Bay from becoming an offense that's pass first or pass heavy? Do they supplement Jordan Love's play by being sixty or you know being one of the one of the more run heavy teams with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon? Mm-hmm. So if he's looking at a eighteen percent target share week one in an offense that's you know we'll say bottom twenty or you know twenty to thirty one to twenty to thirty two in in pass rate. Mm-hmm. then we're we're looking at a pretty unappetizing year one. And then if things don't pan out with Jordan Love, they're, they're taking a gamble on a new quarterback, and that's a whole other set of uncertainty. And we, we talk about what Ed mentioned is that his value just a short while ago before the draft was was so far below where it is now. And the cost of, of drafting Jaden Reed at his current price means you're buying the scenarios with more certainty like Jordan Addison and I mean, even Zay Flowers has a lot of question mark, but Quentin Johnson, you're, you're, you're pairing up Jaden Reed with those scenarios that have a lot higher draft cap or ha- have higher draft capital and better certainty. So I'm actually, I'm going to side with Jason now and say, I'm going to hold. 
Yeah, I'm I'm gonna buy because he's a Packer and he's probably gonna light up the scoreboard on the Bears. But um, <laughs> Jordan, uh, we we were super excited with all these landing spots: Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, and I, I had one question for the guys as they were like jumping up. I didn't want to be a Debbie Downer, so I didn't bring it up. I I was tucked away in my corner on day two like I was up in the news desk and I was just I just want to report the trades I didn't want to bring down the jubilation that they everyone else was experiencing so but I did put it in the private chat I said what if Jordan Love isn't good because we don't really have any proof that he is good right so that's definitely potentially a problem but they they seem committed to him so we'll see what happens but I'm a buy for now because I like the talent, and I think talent wins it out in the end. We do have some more chats. Thank you to Disco Stew. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Emil- we have some Bears talk in the in the chat, so I love that. Uh, you know, this is a, a pseudo-Bears show, basically. Ryan Poles, man. Ryan Poles is the best GM we've had in my lifetime, which is not saying very much, but he is. It's 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 a good feeling. It's a really good feeling. All right, it's time to get you guys out of here. We're up against uh, you know, the clock here tonight. So stay tuned uh, to the Player Profiler YouTube channel. The GOAT District guys are going to go on right after us. But we do want to get you guys out of here with bold predictions and plugs. So, Ed, plug whatever you've got to plug and give us whatever bold prediction you want to give. You could go in any direction here because we are now post-draft. We're in kind of a weird place. You know, We don't really know which way is south or north i mean we're headed somewhere but it's it's going to be a while before we're there so give us a give us your plugs and bold prediction so i i think i have an article coming out shortly on the top five values of the draft um you know matt had talked about how chris ballard just smashed out of the park one of his players is on that list um you know and in a you know the colts had a great draft really there's stud athletes everywhere so good um so that's coming out. Uh, I think I'm probably going to be getting uh, working on part three of what you should be doing in your dynasty league. Uh, that should be coming out shortly. That's like sort of like a, um, you know, I wouldn't say like a newbie, but a lesser inexperienced uh, dynasty player. That's sort of just a grounding type of article as to what you should be doing and probably going to be focusing on how to navigate the rookie draft because you can do a lot of trading in the rookie draft and um, you know really get a lot of stuff done. Um, for bold take, uh, I'll go back to, uh, you know, uh, good old Gabe Davis. All right. He'd survived the draft. All right. Uh, new Copkins is staying on the Cardinals and, uh, you know, um, he's still catching footballs from Josh Allen. He may not be great. He may not be an amazing football player, but he's got some amazing football players around him. And that's why he's going to finish, uh, as a top 24 wide receiver this coming year. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Don't do it's it. Happening. The variance. Just, the variance will will happen. We do not. <laughs> endorse, we do not endorse this bold prediction <laughs> as a show. Jason, what bold prediction and plugs? What do you got to plug? And what's your bold prediction? Yeah. You can see me on Wake and Take Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. on this very YouTube channel. Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Trade Gods, joined with my Trade God brethren, Matty Kiwoon, the dog, the man, the myth, the legend, the god. And then, of course, you can find me on the Instagram and Facebook. That's Player Profiler on Facebook, Roto Underworld on Instagram. Answer every DM, every comment, and at least try my best. And hot take, got to beat Gabe Davis, top 24. Desmond Ritter, top 12 quarterback. Love it. Woo! Love it. 
<laughs> what does that make the Falcons record if he's a top 12 quarterback? No matter what, they're winning the division. Oh. Oh. I love how yes, you Yes, yes. As somebody question. who has I love you how bet you on that, that, I love question. it. They can win seven and win the division. <laughs> I really think it's going to be seven and ten, and they're going to win the division. But or at the least real be right there. The real question is, what is Kyle Pitts going to contribute to this comp to this division winning team? Is he going to get the guys coffee? Is he going to block? Is like what's going to happen? Like because he he's going to be like he's going to be all lonely out there on in his you know X receiver spot, like waiting for the ball. He will be. He will be. He will definitely have less fantasy points than Drake London and Bajan Robinson and Desmond Ritter. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, what do you got? All right. So I have, just like Ed, I have a article coming out as well talking about, it's a little bit the opposite. He's positive. I'm negative. I'm talking about the top five biggest reaches in the NFL draft. I love putting on my negative Nancy hat and, and just complaining about how other people do their jobs. It's it's one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> it's why I it's why I sit here before you today. And a uh, couple general managers that aren't really getting talked about. You know, uh, the, they're starting to show themselves as backward thinking organizations. There's a there's a team over in the Bay Area that uh, that landed on the list with uh, one of the more sh- one of the more shocking picks of the draft. So I'll let you find out about that. And there's a certain uh, early round receiver that I think was was a big reach as well. So. Tune in to find out more about that. And uh, I have a, a breakdown article on wide receiver advanced metrics. So if you go to the player profile or player page, there's 40 advanced metrics. And uh, I talk about nearly each and every one of them and uh, just kind of break it down in further detail and give you some some context examples on on how to use it in your in your day-to-day data analysis. So uh, I'll be working on kind of tight ends going forward, and, and that one will be released TBD. But other than that, we'll be on we'll be on this show, you know, rocking and rolling every Wednesday. Uh, for my hot take, now I'm going to sound a little bit silly because we just talked about this player and I gave a very lukewarm take. But there is a difference between actual analysis that I will will give to people to follow and and a bold prediction that I think is fun and would like to see happen. So we're going to break these out for the first time since the NFL draft. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're going to break out the contrarian shades. Yeah. And we're going to talk about Jaden Reed once again. So this is a different personality. This is not Matt. This is not the Matt that was just talking about Jaden Reed. This is Jason's just, we didn't give Jason the memo. That dude's sunglasses. So Jaden Reed, he's currently uh, wide receiver six on the player profile of dynasty rankings. Here are the receivers listed above him that Jaden Reed will outscore in fantasy points per game in year one. Marvin Mims, Quentin Johnston, and Zay Flowers, all three, Jaden Reed, wide receiver three, year one as a rookie. Wow. That's amazing. It's bright in here. That's amazing. It's, oh, it's so bright for Jaden Reed. I don't really know what I can say, to be honest. I mean, yeah, you can catch this show, 7 p.m., Player Profiler YouTube channel. Smash the like button, subscribe. All you got to do is click, click it. It's a subscribe button, and you click it, and then you can also click the alarm bell to be notified when we go live. But this show is going to be 7 p.m. Central Time. You can follow me. Well, I'm the editor at Player Profiler. You should go. You should go to the article section and read all of these guys' work. There's going to be a series coming out on the NFL draft: risers, fallers, reaches. That Ed's is coming out on Friday. 
Matt is coming out later in the week. I'll I'll let him know. But be tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. And I think that's the show, guys. I think I, I and I'm the only one still with the contrarian shades on, which is fine. It's good. It's bright I in here. Didn't but. Didn't know when to take them off. I didn't. I, I, I didn't know. I, clearly, I didn't know either. So until next time, I'm going to find this. I can't thank Jason enough or, and Ed enough for coming on the show. We had a blast. It's a great time, as always. And I will hit the end screen. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And that's the Writers' Roundtable. Be good, everybody. And, oh, and nobody cares about Aaron Rodgers. Bye-bye.